0: Content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayerofcontent.com. Welcome
1: to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone.
0: Are you ready?
1: Let's build together.
0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my organic-loving co-host, Mina Kunlo-Zutap. Hey, Mina. Oh, I like that. You like that one? I, yeah. Okay, good. I do.
1: You know, I would like to be known as organic-loving.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, there, yeah. there you go. Every other episode. <laughs> <laughs> So we're excited today. We are bringing you another Small Biz Founders episode where we feature a small business owner and their growth and the story of their business to inspire all of you and to know that you're not alone out there because you will hear stories that just resonate so much with you. So we're so excited to have Emily Toops on today. She is the founder of Toops & Co. Organics. A lot of you may have heard about this incredible business that is just Skyrocketing to the moon. I mean, it's incredible, and we can't wait to share the story with you. So, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you. So, tell our listeners about Tubes and Co. Organics. So, we
2: started Tubes and Co. Like
0: four years ago. Um, we had a need. We had a
2: daughter who had eczema and some issues, and through a lot of research, I started making this little bomb. It was tallow and. Honestly, we didn't start it with a business in mind. So we started making it. We had a little Etsy shop. I would sell our original bomb, which we still sell, um, and a couple of other things. And it just grew so organically in the beginning. We were like, So we do this as a business and my husband was working full time and traveling a lot. So I just kind of took it and ran with it, added more products as I saw, you know, in my own personal care products and in my own makeup bag, things that I wanted and or things that I knew that she would grow up and want to use of mine. And so we started the um, cosmetic portion of it one day after she was digging in my makeup bag and she has, you know, some skin allergies and is sensitive and I was pulling out this um, lip, lip gloss. And I was like, wait, let me look at that. And I was looking at it and I was seeing, you know, the colorants and things in it. And I was like, oh, you can't, you can't use that. Um, and she was like five. And so I was like, well, we'll, we'll make one. <laughs> and so we launched, you know, that side of the business and it has grown beyond what we could have even ever imagined. And um, we're just so thankful for our customers and just the people rallying around us that are really interested in and believe
1: in um, organic cosmetics. That's amazing. I love that story. So tell us a little bit more about what your business looks like. like. You know, is it you and your husband? And don't you have a couple kids? We have four. We have four kids. (laughs) Just a few. Um,
2: And... Uh, we a couple times them. too.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, and you yeah.
0: homeschool them. Okay. Yes. Let's yeah. keep oh, adding yes. to okay, all the yes. things that you yes. do, yes. Emily.
2: We, we homestead. <laughs> we live on a farm. We homeschool and we run a business. So um, we're definitely busy, um, but we love it so much.
0: I mean, and she doesn't have as many grades as I do. And my kids go to school. I mean, that, that all came from
1: like, are you doing this? (laughs) You know, so this is amazing because we, you know, you've grown it so much in four years and it's just been spectacular. Um, so take us back to what your background is. What is your background? Um, and what was, your, what was Trent doing previously to like his full-time job?
2: So Trent was a quality control inspector on both pipelines and in the like steel mills and power plants. And so he traveled from um, project to project. So I think this is our eighth house that we've lived in since we've been married and we've been married 12 years. So we've moved a lot and I just kind of did... Toops and Co. On the side, I followed him basically wherever he went. And when we decided, like, okay, it's, our kids are getting a little older, it's time to put down roots. We bought this house four years ago, and that's when I was like, "I'm we're going to do this as a business." I decided, you know, to make it my full time project. And it'll be a year in May. Trent quit his job and is working alongside of me full time doing Toops and Co. And that honestly was the only goal that we had when we started. We we're tired of moving around a lot and him being gone or being on projects for months at a time and being out of town, coming home twice a month. And I was like, if I can just make enough money for you to be home and our bills will be paid, that's like our only goal. And we hit it very pretty quickly and surpassed that. And it's just been an incredible blessing for him to be home. Um, And so that was, Really, like the first goal that we were dancing around and really excited about. It's amazing. I'm so proud um, of you.
0: I know. That's so amazing. Going back to your product lineup, because you are such a successful business. Um, I will share that you're you're on the verge of hitting 2.5 million dollars this year, right? Yeah. To God's ears, and everybody that's going to buy your amazing products. Um, but you started four years ago, and so you started with the tallow bomb, and tallow is rendered. Uh, tell tell us like the it's what, rendered what it is. E-fat. So we have
2: partnered with some really amazing farms. They're all local. Um so they're all in the south where it doesn't really snow and their cows are on grass year round, you know, some hay in the winter. And we go and we buy what would have been a byproduct. So people often ask us like are we, you know, slaughtering cows for tallow? No. Tallow was is the fat that's left over. It is incredibly nourishing. It is what our ancestors would have used as skin care before we had, you know, the industrial revolution where we could extract plant oils. Before, there was no um, way to extract plant oils except for olive oil, and um, so we, lard and tallow were just a staple, just in, in everyone's home. And they would make soap with the with the fat and wood ash. And so we partnered with these um, amazing farms that are doing an incredible job with like regenerative agriculture, and the is just. Incredibly nutrient dense, so we go and we pick it up from. We kind of got this little circuit of farms that we go to. We render it all ourselves, and then we make this tallow bomb that is so nourishing to the skin, full of fat-soluble vitamins. And in our opinion, there's just nothing else like it. Mm -hmm. And so um, many of our customers come with skin issues, and they come to get this just beautiful,
0: wonderful tallow. Amazing. And you were you were doing the work on the tallow. For so uh, long, in our kitchen, we were in your kitchen,
2: bowls and you know, bowls in and out of the oven, and we triple filter it, and we kind of converted our garage into our workshop, which was like this dark dungeon, and we were working in there for quite a while, uh whipping up all the tallow bombs ourselves.
0: I think when you hit a million, you were like, maybe you should stop making the tallow. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like, still,
2: we do still render it ourselves. No, but I mean you I'm yourself physically. <laughs> jarring every jar yes. um, but it's, it's I enjoy it it's very satisfying but we've grown past the point of me hand making every jar and I think it took me a while to understand that it was okay that I personally Emily wasn't filling up every jar and that my customers were also okay with me not filling up every jar they just wanted this product that we make and without us cutting any corners we're still making. The same very high quality product, just not me personally filling right. all the jars.
1: Yeah, they do not have that expectation. Believe me, I gave the example of Molly's cupcakes here in Des Moines. I'm not like Molly, you making this cupcake? You know, yeah. it really is that they want the product and you've created this loyal fan base of these beautiful products that are organic. Tell us a little bit about your cosmetics line. So um, we heard the story of your daughter kind of playing around your makeup and everything like that. How does that, is it, so would you mind sharing? Like, is it mostly tallow balms that you sell? Is it mostly cosmetics? Like what's it's the It's about
2: 50-50. Um, we sell, our makeup is very high on our bestsellers list and it's just made with super high quality organic ingredients. And there's nothing else to say except for the ingredients are high quality Um, we don't have fillers and anything extra in there. And that's why people love them so much in the world of natural cosmetics. There's a lot of what we call greenwashers, which is a term that just means that it might say natural in the package, but if you are reading the label, you see that maybe not everything in there is, um, what you might want to be putting on your skin. And so just I think our products just speak for themselves. People love the story, but when they actually use the products, they're like, wow, you know, every day I'm seeing these, um, I read every single review that comes in and they're like, wow, I've been looking for a natural mascara that doesn't irritate my eyes. And I've tried so many and i tried yours and it's amazing. And those reviews are what continue for us just to get up every morning and continue to do it because I love hearing that from people. Um, Especially people that want to wear makeup. Just, you know, I like to say that it enhances their beauty that's already there, but they would like to wear a little bit of makeup and, you know, they're having skin issues or sensitivities and they just can't. And it sometimes can be really difficult to continue to try products that don't work and it gets a little bit discouraging. So a lot of emails we get are, I've tried this brand and that brand. And especially when I go and look up the ingredients myself and I don't, talk about other brands, with even any potential customers. I'm like, what are they, what's the ingredient list? Let's compare it to what we have here. Let's see if we can figure out what is bothering you. And if that ingredient is in our products Um, more times than not the ingredient we don't use. And so they're able to use the products and it's just, it brings people a lot of joy to be able to use something that works really well. And it's free of a lot of common irritants and just you know, toxic products.
0: Yeah. So good. So, you know, if we were to look at your, at your lineup on your website at um, tubesandco.com, which you'll find in the show notes, you have skincare, makeup, balms, deodorant, baby, right? You have a lot yeah. of categories, but you started in skincare, you started with the tallow. Yeah. And then what was the next thing you added or what was your progression? Because we've been doing um, So this for deodorant years. was next. Okay, And
2: um, we formulated this tallow based deodorant that has magnesium in it. And it was fragrance free and aluminum free, and it was just, and baking soda free, um, which is also um, another ingredient in a lot of natural deodorants that can be irritating. And so we released it and it, I think that was just like the pivotal point in our business because everyone needs deodorant. Everyone buys it and replaces it. And they started using this deodorant that was tallow based. So they were nourishing the skin under their arms. They weren't blocking their pores. And they just kept coming back for more. And so as we saw a need, we continued to release other products in skincare. Um, Makeup came maybe two years ago. We were like two years in before we released our first makeup product, which was our mineral foundation, powdered Loose Mineral Foundation.
0: So, as you all hear, you know, while you may have skincare lines or makeup lines, you have dreams for you know doing all the things. If you follow what Emily did and her business, it was finding a core product. And we shared this, you know, in the Jamie Kern Lima episode where she did it cosmetics and it started with her under eye um, foundation, for example, to solve a very specific problem. She also had skin sensitivities. So, when you're all thinking about your own businesses, there's usually a why as to why we started. And then what is the core product or the thing that you think is missing on the market? And so Emily saw the tallow balm and then probably from the ingredients you were using and you said deodorant, you were able to then you know, conceive a second secondary product. But it wasn't like you came out with all of these things all no, at once. No, we
2: came out with every product one at a time. Um, in the very beginning, we were against going into debt at such a small business. So as we saw a need, and it was mostly what our customers already wanted. We saw the need and then we would just invest in the next product and then just continue to reinvest in the company. I don't think that I took a dollar in a paycheck for like two and a half years. Every dollar we made back, I put back into the business. And I recognize that that's a luxury that not everyone has. My husband was working full time and I was determined to be successful. So I took every dollar that came in and reinvested it back into the business and I think that just helped accelerate our growth because I didn't have to um, you know, pay my house note with my business. I was able to work and reinvest it all back into Tubes & Co.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, you had four kids too that you're, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, I love that because you had a very clear idea of, I mean, what you said that that was the goal was to bring him home. Was that his goal too? Did he want to be home? He um, did. And um, he was working,
2: you know, 12 and sometimes 14 hour days getting off of work, and then helping me render tallow. Um, And at that time, we were grinding it ourselves also to make it easier to render. We buy it pre-ground now, um, like light bulb. (laughs) But at the time, we were getting it and cutting it up, grinding it, and rendering it. So he would come home from work, and I'd put the kids to bed, and then we would render tallow. And then we'd wake up at like 2 a.m. when it was done. And then we'd strain it and we'd go back to bed. and He'd wake up in the morning, go back to work. And we did that for the longest time. And we'd make soap on the weekends. And so we definitely uh, grinded it out for the first couple of years. literally. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was pregnant for our fourth child, um, we had bought this farm. We were living here. He was still traveling. And I was like, okay, I need some help. And I put an ad out in like a local Facebook group and had a woman respond. And she ended up being friends with my midwife. So i called up my midwife. And I was like, hey, do you know this girl? I'm looking, I really need to hire an employee, but she's going to be in my home. What do you think about her? And she was like, she's amazing. She's great. So I've met with her over coffee, you know, big probably 30 week pregnant belly and just looked like I needed a lot of help <laughs> She <could have> felt <laughs> bad for you and accepted the job. And she's now our, uh, she's the manager over our entire shop and just kind of manages it all. And I, I call her my right hand woman. She's constantly texting me to make sure that I've got things in line. Um, and so she's been a huge asset to us too, but she came in in the very beginning when we were like, I was was sick and throwing up as a pregnant lady and taking a nap on the sofa and then coming back and making towel bombs and she was helping me through all of that. So she's been there from the beginning. And I can't stress enough how amazing having good employees are. And we've gone through good ones and bad ones, but the good ones will help bring your business to the next level. So um, that's a huge thing that we had to learn hiring is, uh, can be really difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. And hmm And where are you located
2: again? We're in South Alabama in Magnolia Springs, um, which is about 20 minutes from Gulf Shores and Orange Beach.
0: So do you feel like you're isolated? Because a lot of people that are listening do live in not isolated areas, but they live in small towns. It's pretty and, rural. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard sometimes. And I hear a lot of people push back and say, okay, I don't know how to get help because I'm in a very rural area. So you went to a Facebook group. How big is your team now? Uh, we have six. Six people. And they're doing production in the shop as well. Production
2: and shipping. Yes.
0: And shipping. Yeah. So how did you then find those people where you are now?
2: Um, It's easier to find people by word of mouth, but we've also used like um, hiring companies like Indeed. So the last two we hired, I did use Indeed, which can be kind of difficult years. I think we sorted through like 200 applicants and half of them were like auto responds from uh, Indeed. And so we found our best, like high quality employees on Facebook, posting in local groups. Hey, you know, this is our company. This is exactly what we're looking for. Uh, The more detailed your job description is, the better candidates you get. Um, And, you know, we do a working interview. They come in and work an entire day with us. We pay them for their day. And then we can really see like, how, how do they jive with the team? Can they pack well? Do they have a problem putting the box together or do they pick up on it really quickly? Um, we have a label machine that you put the products on and it, you, you know press the button and it labels it. And it can be a little bit difficult to use. So we the first day we get them on that, like, hey, can, can you use it with a little bit of training or is it something that's like way out of your wheelhouse? And that just helps us judge when we come to hire if they're going to be a good fit and they're going to you know mesh well with our team.
1: Yeah. I love that. You know, um, Dome Doc, who is in the mastermind as well, John and Chelsea, they have working interviews, which for two hours, you have to pop up boxes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> uh, and actually,
1: she, Chelsea is who
2: gave me the idea. because so I was asking yeah. the mastermind, oh my goodness, you know, hiring is so difficult. We, we've done an interview, but like, how can you know if they can actually perform the task? She's like, we do a working interview.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is but genius. But you pay them, So everybody, you actually pay right. these that people. That is genius. Okay, so. Uh And so the
2: very next week we started hiring, I was like working interview and, um, our shop manager, she's like, I never heard of that. I was like, we are doing it Mm -hmm. It it and they're going to work. Even if it's our original thought was that they would come in for an entire day. Um, and the first one we did, we realized that was way too long. And so the second one was like half a day. And after that, we just do like three hours and in three hours, I can tell, um, they can label, pack boxes and do a little production and you can kind of get a feel of what they can do, what their strengths are in a kind of a shorter amount of time.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And so you've got this beautifully growing business. It's a big business. How many hours a week do you work now? <laughs> are my employees listening? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not yeah. used to, they don't listen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, so... Actual work like sitting down behind a desk, maybe two hours a day, but obviously I'm available all the time. So I'm responding on Voxer to um, VAs and social media managers. And I have often have meetings during the week where I'm sitting um, on a Zoom call with an ads agency or something like that. But total, really, I, I would, I hate to even say 20 hours, but maybe about 20 hours mm-hmm. and spend the bulk of my other time. Uh, educating my children, working in our garden, you know, milking our cow and doing what we really love. And so we've kind of built this entire lifestyle where we feel like we get up in the morning and we fall asleep in bed at night, exhausted, but our business is running no matter what we choose to do, which is really, really wonderful. And I know when I first started the mastermind, that was not the case. I was working like 80 hours a week or more. And then at night getting on my laptop and like, you know, trying to answer emails and doing all the things and, you know, I think Jacqueline might have been like, You're answering emails? You, Emily? And I was like, Yes. I am. She's like, You need to hire someone to do that. And I was like, You're right, I do. And so um, I've hired everything, those things out. And it does take a couple of months to train that person to be what you would say in that situation. And so I just put the time in to training them and realize that all of that training, all the time that I didn't want to spend training someone, immensely paid off.
0: Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com.
1: I think you're buying back your time, right? That's when you get to this level and you get to buy back your time. And, And honestly, who cares if your employees are listening? And if they are, you should know that Emily worked and grinded tallow into the wee hours of the night, <laughs> and right? And she's very appreciative of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. So it's a bit of resilience and, and you really hustling when you needed to, but I do believe that you've earned what you get to do. You know, so one of the things in the, in the mastermind and I had brought up John and Chelsea, they're in there too. And they're actually in your group is learning how to spend that money, but money spent, right. Is a skill as well. So spending money at the higher level usually will go towards other people doing the things that you don't need to do. So you don't need to say, I, you know, I don't need, you don't need to be working on those hours. You've earned the right to be, I don't know, picking eggs from the chicken coop, whatever it is. That Literally
0: lives in Iowa. I just want to say that. And I have a city girl. <laughs> what did they do on farms? <laughs> what do they do on
1: farms? Right. So, you know, and you've built this beautiful life because, you know, at the end of the day, the reason why the motivator, the reason why we all work is to get more time, you know, more money. And then that leads to more time, more health, and more, um, experiences and with our loved ones and joy and love and stuff like that. So I think that you are actually, you're getting there where we're chipping away your mindset. And I've seen it time and time again, Jacqueline and I are always working on this, especially for women. um, And um, that when they get to a certain level, they have to release the hole a little bit because they deserve it fully.
2: You know, It can be difficult to to work on that mindset. And Uh I always had the mindset that like, I don't need mindset stuff. Like that's, for other people. I don't need a cheerleader. I don't need that. I just need to get the systems in place for this business to run the mindset stuff I don't need. But as the business has grown and as I've seen some mindset things hold me back, like one of the main ones was hiring someone to just answer customer service emails. I was like, they'll never answer it the way I will. And it prevented me from hiring maybe way into, you know, I should have, done it a long time ago. And, um, last, I guess the end of last summer, I was like, okay, I I literally can't answer the emails anymore. It got to the point where it was just too many for me and it shouldn't, it shouldn't have gotten to the point where it was breaking me down to hire someone. I should have done it before. And that mindset of, well, what if they don't answer the way I would, or what if the customer gets upset with their response? Um, but putting the time in and training someone And and, you know, anyone can be a great customer service um, employee with the right training. So what was really pivotal for us was just outlining um, how we respond to all these different scenarios and have it outlined basically like this is our protocol. And so when there's a protocol to follow, there's no like their own opinion of what they're going to say. Should I give them a refund? Should I not? This is the protocol, and when someone can follow it, um, that was just an extremely pivotal in the business of me realizing that if I can make these protocols for not just customer service, but for anything that we do, then anyone I can hire, we can train them to follow those protocols, and they can do the same thing. Um, and that was just a huge mindset hold for me that someone else can do what I did. I created this tallow and or this tallow balm, and I want it made just. Like this. And tallow can be different, different consistencies depending if it's spring, if it's winter, it could be harder, softer, different colors depending on the time of the year. And so that affects how much olive oil we add to it, how hot we make it, how much we whip it. And so it becomes something that's like something that you just feel, kind of like a potter when they're making pieces, it, they kind of just feel it. And I was like, I can't teach that to anyone. Um, but realizing that if I can learn it, then someone else can too. Really helped me pass along a lot of those tasks that I was doing myself for a
0: really long time. So good that release, right? The release of the responsibility that it's all on you. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so you grew four years is exceptional to grow to the type of business that you're at, like multi million dollar business. When you started, you said you started on Etsy with the bombs,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then you do do paid ads, right? I do. Yes. yes. So when did you, as a small business owner that was selling on Etsy, when and how did you decide to jump into paid advertising? Cause I think a lot of people try organic and they hope organic's gonna work forever. And for yeah. some it does, but a lot of times we have to do paid marketing, organic marketing, and partnership marketing. So when did cause you yeah. you do take you do take these leaps into these other stages of business, which is why I think you've moved so fast. So when mm-hmm. did it work for but you? And you just started
1: affiliate too. So we'll go into that after.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> For me, when we,
0: I think we were,
2: when I signed up for the mastermind, my end of year sales that year were like 300 and something thousand for the year.
0: That's and end of 2020.
2: End of 2020. Yes. Um, and that was the year that we started paid marketing probably in the fall of that year i felt like we had exhausted kind of my warm market of what i could do organically and people were buying it and they loved it so because we felt like we had a product that people loved and we could actually grow and manufacture it we had moved into a space um because i guess a fear of mine was we advertise, and then what if we can't fulfill it and we're in this small space so we moved into a space and i felt like um the solidity of being in a space that wasn't our home and hitting that, you know, 350 or 360, um, revenue goal was like, okay, we're a real business now. Let's move into advertising. And in the beginning, it was a little bit of a slow start, but I think with advertising, especially like we hit an iOS change and we had all these kind of rocky things and COVID, um, we, just kept at it. And we just had a small budget for a long time. And I think some people will have a smaller budget and in six weeks, they're not really seeing a huge return. And they're like, okay, that doesn't work for me and we'll quit. And I actually did quit the first time. I was like, this is, I don't want to give my money to Facebook. Um, It's not working the way I thought it would. And then we came back around in January. We advertised August, September, October. Then we did Black Friday on our own uh, we came back in January and I was like, okay, we, we definitely need paid advertising. So this was January of 2021. And we started advertising to Google and Facebook. And as the months went on our ROAS increased and we just tested and tested and did different creative and videos. And I just, kind of put my head down. I was like, this is going to work for us, whatever we have to do. And so we did, I worked very closely with our ad agency on changing the creative and testing and was very much a part of it, not just handing it to someone and having them do it and just letting me know what the results were, but knowing my audience and kind of writing some of the copy or doing photo shoots that I thought would work really well and giving them an array of photos to choose, it paid off for us in a really big way. Um, at the same time we started affiliate marketing. And so, because I think we started to put our hand in so many places, people would hear us on a podcast then see an ad on Facebook, then Google tallow and see us pop up and then see an influencer on Instagram that they love recommending the product. And so as we became more and more present in different avenues, ROAS and every avenue started going up because it builds this trust factor that's like, okay, well, i heard of soups & Co., but if I only heard of them one time, like, are they legit? What are they? Okay, and then I hear them again, and then I hear them again, and the more touches that we were putting in, the more, tr- like, the trust factor grows with your, especially a cold audience. And we started mm-hmm. seeing people convert, and as they were converting, they are, return customer rate is super high. And so that return customer pays for, you know, let's say we, um, it cost me $40 to gain a uh, a new customer. But on their return, even though I may have not made any money on their first purchase, they're a customer maybe for life and their longevity of their you know um, customer being, a customer of ours is where we were, were making our money and seeing them come back and we were able to put more into advertising. And so in the beginning, I guess, Uh, a tip would be if you can gain a customer and not lose money, that's a great investment because it costs you anything to gain that customer. And then there'll be a repeat customer or a certain percentage of those people will be repeat. And that's where you're seeing your income come in from those repeat customers. And so that was another mind block that I had to get over. Cause I was like, well, we didn't, we worked harder to not make any money. And then as we started looking at the percentage of people returning and it being like 50%, like very high, I was seeing the, I needed someone to explain that to me, that that is where you're going to make your money from here until however long they are a customer. And I was like, okay, well, getting a new customer at $0, it's way better than getting them at like negative $10 Mm -hmm. and we're not having to come out of it out of pocket. So. It was, you know, advertising is a huge part of our income. Um, I would say more than 50% of our customers come in from our advertising, all different streams, both affiliate and paid marketing.
1: So I want to I want to uh, clarify for everybody that's listening, because I don't want you to think that you have to do all the things all at once. No, so we the, did one yeah. at a time. Right. So for, and what you did really well was you had a solid plan going in. So you got to 350 doing organic, you know three hundred and fifty thousand doing organic you can't, you had a really clear customer avatar, so yeah. you knew what your customers wanted you had a base to start from and you had a budget to start from and you had the um you had the resilience honestly to keep moving forward and pivoting too so when you started getting onto more channels, diversifying like omni channel everywhere and then you're moving them from no like and trust. You were going in with a solid plan. Now, what happens sometimes is that small businesses are like, that person is doing Facebook ads over there, and this must be the answer. We get this all the time, right? This must be the answer. But then they start throwing different products on there, you know, unclear messaging, you know, for different customers. And it becomes more of a heavy lift and an expense than if they had gotten went in with the plan. So I want you all to hear that, right? She didn't start paid ads until she was very clear on. Who her customer was, what they wanted from her, and she wanted she built that skill set of learning about ROAS, you know, return on ad spend, and really understanding, okay, this is what I need to do. Oh, now my bu- my my budget can be bigger; it can expand. So I love that because you are definitely someone who takes such great action and has built skill set on skill set on still skill set, you know, and you've invested when you needed to too. I mean, look at the jump from. I mean, organic to having a team to Facebook ads to affiliate, which is partner, you know, but it did start with organic.
2: Yeah. And knowing your avatar is really important because you can specifically advertise to them and then knowing your bestseller. And sometimes we will only advertise just our bestseller. Then when they come on the website, we'll upsell them other things instead of spending money. Honestly, our ad budget is, Very low compared to some other people. So we spend. Do you want me to tell you how much we spend? Yes, we would love (laughs) you. Um, We we, we're spending like nine hundred dollars a week. Very low. So four or five thousand dollars a month. That's not including uh, affiliates. Do you know what your cost per
0: lead is then? Like to get them. um, I
2: think it's around in the in the twenties. 20-something dollars. Is
0: that for a cost per purchase, like to get them to buy or... Yes. Okay. That's, so and that's really low. Yeah. To, mm-hmm. So it low. Is. So I just want to explain everyone what that means. So she spends $900 a week and to get one of those... Uh, all the people that see the ads to get that person to convert to buy is what that $20 per customer is cost per purchase, which means if they buy a $40 product, she's paid $20 to get them to buy it. So that $20 comes off that $40 that they bought plus um, you know the cost to make the product. Oh, right. So... Why, and we've talked about this in the past. Why this is important to understand, and what Emily's saying to all of you is: one, you need a, a, a good cart checkout value to make it worth it in a lot of ways, but also it's the return customer, it's the lifetime value of the customer. So while she might pay twenty bucks to get that person in to spend forty dollars initially, or what's your average cart value?
2: So if our average cart value, let's say, is eighty dollars, and okay. we spend forty dollars to convert a person, which is half, I'm still happy with that. Yeah. Um, and that means that we paid $0 to acquire a new customer and their second order is just profit.
0: Do you know Do you know what their lifetime value is? Have you done that work yet?
2: I have, but I don't okay. know. It often no, yet. it's
0: totally fine. So what that means is like, what is this person going to maybe spend in a year, right? Are they going to spend $180 it's, in a year? It's, a,
1: it's almost $1,000. I know oh, it's in the h- higher... <laughs> I believe it. Because skin and makeup and everything, yeah. just imagine your budget. Like I spend all kinds of money on those two things. You, you know. have to spend
0: $1,000 at um, Sephora to become a Rouge beauty person. So like 1,000 is probably a good average that yeah. women spend on beauty and cosmetics. So I, I hope everyone's understanding what we're saying here from an ads perspective because we don't talk about ads that often, but you can see it costs money to acquire, but then it's all the work that Emily does with the great product, with the acquisition of the customer, but then the follow-through with the customer and getting them to come back and buy again, which is why you're spending $5,000 a month, which is bonkers and on your to make over two million dollars
2: people think that okay we're spending I think we were spending on know seven eight nine thousand a month and I was like we're doing really well let's drop all of the ads on these other products that aren't our best sellers focus on that spend less and we're still bringing in the same amount of people and so you just have to be able to look I think it's really important when someone is advertising and. They have a business to understand what Ads manager looks like, what the numbers mean in there and not just rely on your ads agency to tell you what the numbers mean. So I educated myself as much as I possibly could on what every single one of those numbers look like. And that in the beginning, I was going into the ads manager and looking at those numbers a couple of times a week, just to see what we were doing, how much money we were spending and what that meant that way on the call that I would have with them, I can say, you see this ad, it's not really performing as well. What do you think if we do this instead of, cause I know my business better than they do. Mm-hmm. And I think working closely with them and making those suggestions and just being educated, instead of just thinking that you can just throw it on another company and let them do it, um, really helped, like it took less time for us to figure out where we were losing money and where we were making it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just being involved in the process. Yeah, yeah I bet you're, you're my high partner. partner.
0: <laughs> yeah, so she says, yeah. But you, but you've done so so much research and so much of your business, knowing where tallow originated, how people made soaps, and and you know, it's it's really interesting that you've learned enough to be dangerous enough to understand so that when you're working with people, you know enough, but you don't have to be the expert and do it all, which I love. And you've grown into that. That wasn't something that you started as. No, it was like no. going back
2: to school and learning all the yeah. things.
0: Um, so as we wrap up, um, what's a piece of advice that you can share with fellow, I mean, there's so many tips so far, but what's a piece of advice you could share with our fellow small biz founders that you would give them?
2: My biggest piece of advice is that there will 100% be days when you're like, I'm terrible at this. Maybe I should close out my business. I can't do it. And I, I always say like, I'll, I'll go to bed, i wake up, have a cup of coffee, look at everything again, look at the last year. Don't look at the last month or the last week and just look at it in perspective and say, we've gone from here to here in a year. So we're going up. And even if it's in the last two years, as long as we're continuing to move up, That's a great thing. That doesn't mean that next month will be, it could be $20,000 less than the month before. Um, Instead of being discouraged about those things, because in the beginning, I think that I was, it was like, up, down, up, down, happy, sad. Just knowing that that's just the way business is, learning that and deciding to move forward, you know, even so. And just putting support, you know, around you. My husband is incredibly supportive um, and other people and kind of finding this little niche of people that can support you, the mastermind. Um, I've had just so many people when I'm in in down say, we did this. So I'm like, okay, we're going to try it and not be afraid to try new things that may be out of your comfort zone. I
1: love love that. Exceptional, exceptional.
2: Okay. So (laughs)
1: let us know where our listeners can shout from you, support you and follow you. Uh, you can shop at com, and you can
2: follow us on Instagram at toupesandcoorganics and the same thing on Facebook, toopsandcoorganics.
0: Amazing. So make sure to go check them out, follow, support by, start taking care of your skin in a great way. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We'll put everything into the show notes so it'll make it really easy and clickable for all of you. And Emily, congratulations. And side note, a win for her as she's hitting these huge things. I was like, have you treated yourself to anything yet? So my friend, what are you treating yourself to today?
2: I am buying a new Suburban. <laughs> yes,
0: you are. She's you thought driving a hundred thousand mile car and you're going to go get yourself a souped up Suburban.
1: I don't know about a souped up, but definitely amazing. You said, right?
2: It's um, yeah, a four-wheel drive, high country, suburban.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> Send us a picture. Put the
2: Press cows it. behind and <laughs> horses and go wherever we need Yay, and it. all four kids in. So I'm actually really excited. Amazing. Today, March 3rd.
0: Yes. Okay. Congratulations. We're so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you all so Thank much. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember what we give is what we receive and we are all about helping each other in the product boss community.